welcome to the 115 Fouls FPL podcast, the podcast that gets as riled up about transfers as Andre Villespoash. I'm Steve. I'm Johnny. And today we'll be looking back on game week 22 and ahead to game week 23. But first, it's time to bring in Johnny. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, a little bit disappointed you haven't got an obscure question of would I rather for me today, though, Steve. There it's, is uh, no time. There is literally no time. There's so much to get through. Um, lies. Today You're just not prepared. I, I, I thought that um, you know the the Villash Barris joke would uh, would uh, would suffice. So um, yeah, sorry about that. But next time, I promise. You 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 better. Uh, we've just watched Spurs Chelsea um, on Thursday night as usual. Um, what did you make of the game? Well, yeah, it's not usually because I've not really watched Spurs or Chelsea on a Thursday night before. Um, so <laughs> um, you know what I mean. I do, but you know, it's it's a, it's a cheap shot, and I'm taking it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, um, it's uh, it does. Uh, I think you mentioned this last week, where Marcus Alonso is back. You know, a fantasy football legend, and it almost sort of feels the same for Jorginho getting uh, getting clean sheet goal. Probably some free bonus points. That that feels like fantasy football uh, resurgence. And there's probably a few players this week who start the season amazing and then have come back again. But you know, pretty boring game. But one 0 Chelsea probably doesn't probably was the best result I could have hoped for from an FPL perspective. Uh, what do you reckon to it? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty enough. I mean, Chelsea pretty, it looked all right. Tottenham looked awful at the moment. Since Kane's got injured, it's been it's been pretty dire, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Excuse the pun there. Of, uh, <laughs> not Eric Dyer, just Dyer. Um, and uh, yeah, Son not scoring any points has knocked me out the cup, so I'm pretty annoyed about that. But you know, the what cup can you run do? is no more, no more at all. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible times. Um, from from my perspective, so our cup dates from now on on Twitter will be uh, Steve out, Johnny still out. So never mind. We've had a good run, and we've enjoyed it while we can. Um, how's your game week gone generally? Yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, but it could have been better. I just can't seem to pick a captain at the moment. Went with Salah again. Promised I would. Stuck with that. It was going to be Salah or Fernandez, and uh, I should have gone Fernandez. But it was a weird one because I only had three players not get me any additional returns, right? Uh, and that was Trent, Salah, and Fabianski. But the rest, the other eight players in my team, got me decent points. So you know, I'm a Justin owner. That was decent. Uh, Calvert Lewin's back in my team. That was decent, um, but yeah, just just a, a really poor captain shot. But I finished on eighty three, which has given me the green arrow, and I think put me back up to sort of around the twenty five k mark, which is uh, which is okay. Um, I'm on the way up again, which is good. Um, how about you? It's it's funny because on the surface it feel it felt like a pretty decent week really. Um, I scored seventy three points and I again had Justin had two city defenders in, in my team. Um, didn't put in any uh, Southampton defenders, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and you know had Fernandez didn't have him captain, um, but just made a couple of silly calls. Captaining Salah obviously wasn't the right decision, and uh, obviously I put in Richarlison a couple of weeks ago rather than DCL, which sort of backfired uh, this week trying to be a bit clever um but yeah it's been it's been fine i've gone down uh, you know sort of two two thousand two and a half thousand places but it's not the not the worst week i'm ever gonna have so still top 10k can't complain um i'll i'm, I'm more than happy uh let's start kind of reviewing the game week by talking probably about the one of the most what's going to probably go down to one of the most famous um 
fantasy football games in in history, and it, it, in t- in a lot of ways, it's made history in ways we never expected. Uh, Man United winning nine nil against Southampton, <laughs> uh, second nine nil defeat for Southampton and Hassan Hootel during his reign. Uh, yeah. I don't mean to sound so happy about that. I really like Southampton. I really like Hassan Hootel. Uh, it's just funny because it just is just so unexpected and so unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as 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 we you probably or everybody knows now, I'm, I'm a United fan, right? So I was delighted with it. Um, but it was just such a funny game, like, and do you know what, like, but bless him, like, it was a really terrible challenge of McTominay, and, and and in my opinion, I haven't heard anyone tell me I'm wrong here yet. An obvious red card, but I mean, God, what a, what a terrible debut for the lad. Seventy three seconds in, getting a red card, and then your team goes on to lose nine nil. I mean. Oh, you know you're not you're not going to go home and be proud to tell your parents about that one, are you? No, not at all. I mean, I I turned it on um just after the red card happened actually, and just came onto the pictures of McTominay's leg looking like uh, something out of like Jaws essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 scars it, it, down it. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was horrific, you know, watching it watching it back, and it changed the game, didn't it? And, and there's, there's a few yeah. obviously dodgy decisions that have gone on in amongst that game as well, but it didn't make a difference. It was going to be a huge score. It's just a shame that they've repeated that nine 0 score line. Um, let's talk about the, the the main player really in terms of making real um, fantasy football history. Bednarak um, <laughs> has, got, has made a very unwanted record by becoming the highest, um, lowest, sorry, the lowest ever score in a game week um, by any player in the history of fantasy football with minus seven. Bear, and bear in mind, like uh, that, I'm so happy about this for one reason, one reason only, is that I still get abuse from uh, from uh, from my friends in, in our private league about the fact that I once captained Dikubu about five years ago, and in a game <laughs> where he played less than sixty minutes um, and got a red card, and so I think I'm, I finished the week on uh, my captain having minus four. Still, still hear that to this day. So um, I'm glad there's a, a minus seven out there, and I think the 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 Twitter. Um, FPL community definitely shared one of a someone captaining, which was brutal. So, uh, yeah, well, there was, yeah. one, there was one triple captain in 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 the whole of fantasy oh. football on him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shout out to that person. Fair play to you. This must have been a hard week if you're playing seriously. But obviously, if you triple captain Benarak against United away from home, you kind of deserve it, don't you? Like it's not a great decision. Do- do you think this record is going to be a little bit like Kevin Davies' 115 fouls, <laughs> and he's actually like going to look back on it? Um, and I, as I hope you do, Kev, uh, when you're sort of in like in, in your you know your twilight of your career and careers ended as a player, whatever, and just be like, you know what, kids, I've got one for you, your dad, biggest ever minus total on an FPL game week. What do you think of that? <laughs> It's got to take some beating, and then fairness to him, like it's been announced today that his uh, his red card's been overturned, so it's not even a legitimate kind of minus seven. He just got sent off for basically Martial diving from what they've actually kept come to, uh, the conclusion they've come to, and um, so a bit unlucky. But did you know who the um, who the highest uh, scorer? Who who the, or the the lowest ever scorer? Sorry, I keep saying highest like it's a thing. Um, lowest scorer um ever on fantasy football was before Bednarek. I mean, I don't, but given I just told that story, maybe it is Yakubu. 
It's it's not. It's it, um interesting enough. It's actually Ryan Bertrand in the nine nil against Leicester City last season. <laughs> <laughs> he got minus he got minus six. <laughs> so wow. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh it's not been a great time to own Southampton defenders in those fixtures. And uh, sorry for anybody who has owned them. We don't mean to laugh. It's just fun, isn't it? You know, this is part of the game. Um, I mean, sorry. it is it is funny. It is, and I've, I mean, I've said a lot of people who like a captained uh, Bruno Fernandes and had, uh, had um, you know, had Ben Rack in their team. So th- those sorts of people, you know, it's a bit of balance, isn't it? And uh, yeah, that, that over those four games on Tuesday night, there was seven players with minus totals in the team. Obviously, with Leno and Louise um, being the kind of main culprits of that, but obviously the rest of them being Southampton defenders. So, given my look uh, in this game, I have no idea how I don't own any of those players. <laughs> I know it was a it, it's a it's I, it's one of those privileged positions where you go thank thank goodness I don't have any of those people so um it, yeah it's it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun on Tuesday night I think it was one of my favorite sort of fantasy football nights kind of when I only owned two players in the it, over over the course of that evening it was just a lot of fun to watch and yeah. um if you're captain Fernandez obviously you've had a good score this week so um well done if you're in that bracket um on that basis um it's worth to sort of quickly mention the fact that a lot of the kind of classic um, season uh, players this year, the, the, if we're talking kind of the Fernandes, the Sucheks, the, the Justins, the DCLs, all scored this week. And it felt like a real kind of like um, FPL celebration. Of like the best, The best of 2021, you know. Thankfully, you, uh, you have Suchek though and Justin, don't you, Steve? Well, I have Justin in my team, but once again, I've been scarred by leaving Suchek as my first sub and him not coming on. Yes. So <laughs> the differential swinging in Johnny's favour. <laughs> in fairness, I, I owed you that. The fact that you know you had him in when he scored two goals the other week, he was on your bench. So um, yeah. I haven't done that yet this season. So that's that's nice. Steve, you should Suchek your team and uh, make sure he's just in. Okay. That's um, that's lovely. Thanks, mate. <laughs> there was, there was uh, two in there. There was a lot of effort that was, that went into that. Uh, it was. Um, let's move on swiftly to uh, another um, player who... Uh, well, th- this is the most interesting stat I could find on him about fantasy football. Jesse Lingard um, oh. scored a brace on his debut. You'll be probably wow. happy to know that as a Man United fan. Um, I am happy ju- for him. <laughs> he, he, it was nice to see. I mean, he's had a pretty rough time recently. United, I think he's a probably quite a decent human being he does a lot of work in the community and um, you want to see people like that do well so um, yeah I mean there's no animosity towards Jetty Lingard like the guys you know by all accounts like a decent bloke and stuff I just think it's like you know FPL aside Man United fans are feeling that there's better people for the positions that he would occupy um, and but he has obviously got talent like um, having said that if I did watch the West Ham game and I just thought to myself, come on, Martinez, you're having a cracking season, but they're two savable shots that you've let in there. <laughs> no, it's weird, the guy that uh, has basically looked like a brick wall this season. The two Jesse Lingard shots are the ones that he like fumbles through his hands. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it's straight. I mean, he, again, Martin, Martinez, um, once again making six uh, six saves in that game to get himself four points in a game where he really didn't look like he should get it. And the bonus point, just to really, you know, rub that in. So, yep. <laughs> um, but I was going to mention with Jesse Lingard that um, he is 
in terms of his um, history in, in fantasy Premier League, he went through like a month a few years ago where he was quite popular. Um, apart from that, it's been not very popular, but it kind of shows in the fact that he's only ever had two price rises in the history of fantasy football. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had him in my team once or twice, I think. Um, that's not an indicator for getting a price rise or for the fact that it's a good shout. It's, <laughs> no. just, it's just the fact he's appeared. Um, but yeah, I mean... Okay, he got a brace, fair play. Um, I'm going to put it out there. Um, he's not getting a consideration in my team just yet. Um, but in fairness, I couldn't put him if I wanted to. I already own three West Ham players, and I think if I was going to replace them, I still would be looking at Antonio as the option that I would, I, I'm a bit jealous of. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? He, he's coming, at, coming in at a time where I think if he was in a different side and was making that sort of impact, he'd be an interesting option. But right now... Um, you know he's he's five point nine. He's a goal scoring midfielder, um, but I mean I've got um, Suchek already in that midfield, and I've, I've got Sufal in defence, and I don't really want to triple up on West Ham. It's been sort of the reason why I haven't got Antonio in to be honest with you. I've yeah, but, but in fairness, he, he you're not really good. doubling up because you never play Suchek. Well, yeah, apparently not. <laughs> um, Lingard is actually the um, the third highest uh, transferred in player this this game week at the moment as we wow. as we are recording. So um, he's obviously getting a bit of traction. So um, interesting. I think he's a bit of a you know jumping on the bandwagon situation. I'll be watching him over the few weeks uh, that proceed uh, that um, yeah proceed this. So um, yeah, we'll see how he gets on. But I he's not, my, not my sort of guy. Um, anyway, uh, last thing to quickly talk about, obviously, is just Liverpool losing again, uh, and to a Brighton side who have now got the sort of second best defensive record in in the last five games in in the Premier League, only to um, Man City. And it's worth kind of keeping an eye on Brighton. I think um, defensively, especially when they've got pretty cheap defenders. Yeah, uh, and, and a cheap goalkeeper. They, well, exactly. They, they they've been they've been in the round. Like we we talked about this about three weeks ago. Uh, like when we were first sort of starting out the podcast about how statistically Brighton were very good and they should probably be much higher up the league. And it's just not working for them. It's starting to work for them, and um, they've got a nice run of fixtures. So it's interesting to sort of see how that will play out. By it. I'm looking at that now and thinking this is a serious time to be thinking about you know the Ben Whites and the Websters. Um, and you know if he comes back, the Lamptees, and yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting time. And first off, uh, and obviously Sanchez as well, as you mentioned. So we're thinking about there's a lot, you know, there's there's a lot of clean sheets around. A lot. So I think the last nine out of the last ten game weeks, um, the the best scoring player in the game has been a defender. So defenders are gold dust at the moment compared to the start of the season where they literally did not score any points at all. So the game yeah. has changed a lot, especially when you consider that. You know your 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 city defenders, um, city defending managers. I'll try that again, shall I? Um, <laughs> um, managers that own city defenders are always going into games at the moment, just like you know, fingers crossed that Pep Roulette doesn't kill off the the two that they put in. Like a lot of people are double up on city defenders, but I would say the majority um, the people are owning either Stones, Diaz, or, or Cancelo at the moment. Um, but the fact is that Laporte's back now, uh, and he got on the score sheet. I saw the 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 uh, the yellow strip on Sky Sports News come across, and Laporte was the first defender announced, and I was like, oh Jesus, who's getting dropped my side? Because it's definitely not Diaz, and all of them played, which was interesting, but. Inevitably, you know that he's going to play Walker, he's going to play Zinchenko, and uh, there's going to be some rotation there, right? So I'm looking at that going, I really, really want to keep City defenders because their defence is amazing, but it might be a time to think about if you just want to go, right, well, 
nail down Diaz because you know he's the only one that's guaranteed. And then and then maybe go Edison if you want to guarantee it because the rest is looking a bit dangerous. So there's a there's a chance that you kind of go, right, well, Brighton is the way to go to replace that if you still want to double up on City defensive players. Well, alternatively as well, it's about having a strong bench if those players don't play, isn't it? Because he's rarely bought on those defenders um, in, in this season. So, you know, having a, having a Brighton defender on at 4.4 on your bench, ready to come on if one of those players don't play, is always worthwhile. And City do have a harder set of fixtures coming up. You know, they've kept these clean sheets in amongst what we would probably perceive to be relatively easy fixtures. But they have, it's been a long time now. They've conceded, what, two goals in 10 games now? It's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, um, it's very good. Let's move on to this game week coming. Um, and before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the actual game week, the sort of big asterisks about this game week is um, just before we kind of came on air tonight, there was a new set of fixtures. Um, uh, double game weeks. Double, double game weeks for 24 and 25. Um, just to really briefly sort of talk about this, you can obviously go look this up yourself, but um, Burnley, Man City, Fulham and Everton all have um, double game weeks in game week 24 and Leeds and Southampton have double game weeks in 25. Uh, Really unexpected double game week in 25. Um, that was not on anyone's radar at all. And I think even the Fulham um, uh, the Fulham and Burnley double-ups in 24 were quite surprising So because because they're in a Champions League week. So, yeah, lots to, lots to kind of mull over there. But in terms of looking at transfers, we'll probably be talking about it in that context throughout this. So, um, first... For sort of fixture to talk about in the game week is City versus Liverpool because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have quite a lot of players from both sides. So yes. um, how are you, how many do you, you have five? Don't you, Johnny? Yeah, I have five. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping all five and I'm playing four. I think at the moment is my first draft of who I'm picking and the one that drops out of it is is Trent. Um, actually, have I played three? I don't even know, Steve. I think I've forgotten. Um, but no, no. I genuinely, I think I picked one city defender, and then um, and then Salah and Gundogan. I think is is at the moment. I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be goals from both sides in that game. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know, like you know, like Liverpool just can't keep getting battered uh, in the way that they are and not being creative. And Man City are going to score against that back line, so. I'm the I'm 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 playing Salah, I'm playing Gundogan, and I'm playing Cancelo, I think, and then Trent and Stones occupy bench spots at the moment. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I've got four um, in Diaz, Cancelo, uh, Gundogan, and uh, Salah, and at the moment Salah's the only one in on my team. It's I, it could change. It's really I mean I'm literally looking at three City players on my bench, and I don't really see Liverpool winning that game, so I don't know why I'm doing that. So I need to be a bit more pragmatic about this, but in terms of the players I want to see play, like I've got Soufal against Fulham, I've got Justin versus Wolves, I've got Dallas versus Crystal Palace, like good fixtures for defenders there. Um, I've got to make a decision at some point about what that what that choice is. So yeah, it's going to be a hard week for a lot of managers with strong squads. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, my my other def- my other bench player at the moment this week is, is Carver-Lewin, who's obviously away at my, my team, Man United. So, I'm kind of, I think there's maybe a bit of fanboy in there, kind of hoping that that's not going to happen. And the reason I'm sort of leaving Cancelo in there is that he still looks like the most likely out of all the City defenders when he plays to get points outside of just clean sheets. So I'm just going to leave him in there on the chance that like he could 
could potentially do it. But you know what? We're going to come back on here in, in, a, in a week's time, Steve. Trent's going to have scored a, a couple of goals. Stones is going to have got his <laughs> second brace of the of, of the decade. And uh, I'm going to be devoted. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's probably going to be the way. It's, I mean, we, this is a, it's such a difficult fixture to predict because at the moment it just seems like City are solid. It's going to roll over teams like one or two nil, probably though, like especially the little side who are not scoring many goals. But those sorts of games are just purely about mentality, aren't they? And like we all know that Liverpool can pull a big result out of the bag, especially because they used to beat City before they were like sort of Championship material. Like that was a whole like, the whole thing. They used to be great on, on the counter attack against sides like City. So yeah, yeah. Lots to lots to ponder, but I'm I'm not gonna worry myself too much at the moment. But I imagine that um, I, I obviously I'd, I'd rather pick Salah over Gundogan. I think is the most predominant thing for me because it's he's more likely to score in a game like that. But the defenders thing is is where I've got to make make the call. I think Gundogan will be on my bench. The big and, thing is when you're looking at your captain though, are you looking at any players in that and thinking maybe any of them are a captain shout? I mean, like Salah me. scores in big games, right? He does, but it's just that I've got too much in that game already, which is it's not the way I like to play. I, the reason I haven't really gone near touching a city city player with captaincy the last couple of weeks is because um, if you captain a player, it's essentially having four players from one side. So three is enough for me. That's fine, um, and I want to look at other fixtures as where to double up. So that's my my feelings about it, and especially in a harder game. I'm not purely fixtures kind of person, but I do like a good fixture. Um, but there is there's some hard decisions to make this week because the next thing we're going to talk about is is sort of um, the the fact that uh, Tottenham have West Brom. It looks like a really good home fixture for them, but Tottenham have been pretty dire. I said dire earlier on, but let's just say terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Um, and Son doesn't for me doesn't like a captaincy shout at the moment because nah. West Brom have tended to do quite well against those big six sides since Sam took over. Even before actually under Village, um, that's hard. Everton United, um, what's Fernandez going to do? He looked pretty rubbish for the first kind of sixty minutes of that game against Southampton. Wasn't really involved. Didn't look like he was going to score, and he obviously got a penalty and a couple of a couple of assists late on, which made his score a bit more uh, look a bit more flattering than maybe the performance did. So, yeah, lots to lots to ponder in that front end of the pitch, and who so who, who are you going to captain? Um, I don't know yet. I've I, I, look, as I look at my team right now, I've I've got the armband on Fernandez, but I imagine that I don't want to go chasing the points like I did with Salah this week. And um, I'm wondering whether I might have a bit of a rogue shout, maybe go for somebody a bit more fun this week actually, and do a Bamford or a Watkins. You know, Arsenal have, have I won't have their first choice keeper. I think Matt Ryan's out injured as well, so it might be Runnison in net. So maybe that might be the way to go. I've gone. Similar, by the way. Um, so um, probably a good time to tell you that Steve has mentioned double game weeks. Game week 25, Southampton are playing a double game week. It's driven me to go putting Danny Ings in my team for the for the first time this year. I am um, a big advocate of Danny Ings. Uh, last year, I got him in pretty quick when he was still like a 5.5 striker. So I, I I do really rate him. And, uh, and he's back in my team for the first time this year because of that double game week. Um, but I put him in now because they're playing Newcastle, who I just I'm not I'm not I'm not loving how they play football at the moment. That that looks like a pretty low morale team, and uh, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm going to take the fact that I don't love any of my captain shouts at my big hitters and go. He's my third biggest hitter from a from a high, from a price perspective, and 
and he's got the armband for me at the moment. But if I do change, it's Fernandez. But I think I think I'm going with you, Stephen. Going creative, and I think I'm going to give it to Ings. Yeah, it feels like the sort of week where it's nice to have a bit of play around because I don't think you're going to be affected as much. Like this week, eighty percent of the top ten k had Salah as captain. If you don't have Salah as captain, and he scores a massive amount of points, obviously it has a really bad impact on your rank so it feels like the safer option even though Fernandez obviously turned up if you've captured Fernandez this week you probably had massive gains so yeah it's not, it feels a bit more safe to be able to um to captain somebody who you just feel might score a big score this week which is nice um let's uh move on swiftly to uh the players that we're going to pick this week yes our side so um yeah if you if you didn't catch uh, last week's episode we um pick three players each week uh pit them against each other whoever scores the most fantasy football points from those three players um gets five points towards their prediction score um so who is your first player this week john yes good right um uh i'm gonna go with the guy i've just transferred in just talked about him captain him backing myself completely on this danny ings I, I I like it. I I was thinking about him myself um, before the, the before the podcast. So yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with that. I I've gone for a different striker. I've gone for Patrick Bamford, um, mm. who could again be, you know, could be my captain this week potentially. Um, who is your second player? I'm gonna go with a guy who keeps getting clean sheets at the moment. Um, who Steve thinks is rubbish uh, in uh, Mendy. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you right? Can we just very very quickly talk about um, when there was a foul in the lead up to one like what uh, for Spurs earlier on, and Mendy tried to do like a drag back and basically was about to give the ball away with like three strikers surrounding him uh, and. But, but you know, it was it was just like clown like, but he got basically uh, got away with it because there was a foul given on. Um, I can't remember who it was actually. It might be like Alonso or Rudiger. It was something. It was on the left hand side of the pitch, so that's probably where it was. But yeah, he um, he was saved from looking like a, as big a clown as I've made him out to be. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna stop. A lot, of, a lot of people um, think Allison is the best goalkeeper in the league, and when he first arrived at Liverpool, he was doing just as silly things, and it was stamped out pretty quick. The guy's young. He's clearly got talent. <laughs> Like, look, you can only go in I'm being too harsh on him. I appreciate that, and I, like, quite, fr- quite frankly, if they put me in there at Chelsea, um, I would, uh, I would not be. I mean, I might do okay, but not as well, <laughs> not, not as well as Mendy's doing. So I'll let him off. Um, I've seen you that, in that, Steve. You would do terrible. Yeah, true. You know, CDM maybe all right. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I was gonna pick this guy as my third pick, but while we're talking about Chelsea, I'm I'm going for a Chelsea defender. Actually, um, I'm gonna go for Rudiger, okay. um, because he's he's you know started. He's I think it's nice to get him in here before he potentially might drop out the team at some point. And they've kept clean, three clean sheets in a row. So yeah, like like the idea, of Rudiger. Um, who's your third? I'm gonna follow some form. I'm gonna go with Leandro Trossard. Very nice. Uh, yeah, Brighton doing well at the moment um i'm gonna pick the guy who has is on the in the form of his life and has i might bench him just for this reason <laughs> it's uh it's Suchek. oh steve <laughs> oh it probably dear. means he's not gonna score the fact i picked him for this but yeah I, I thought i'd go for him this is the week um so yeah hopefully uh, we'll, well, those players will get some points um, and we'll add them to our prediction scores um, 
so again, our predictions, we get five points for a correct score, two points for a correct result, and one point for a goal off. Um, and uh, how did last week's predictions go, Johnny? Um, I thought I was going to walk it because I picked Sterling, who scored, um, and he was the only scoring player in all of our six picks. And uh, I didn't, actually. I, I, I snuck it. I got nine points, you got eight. So I had Sterling, Pereira, Fofana. Didn't realise that Fofana was injured, so I got zero for that. Pereira only got me one because he got booked, but Sterling got me eight points because of the goal. Um, but you, you, you were a bit more spread, and you were really unlucky, actually, because Ramsdale got three saves, so he actually picked you up three points. Lacazette got you an assist, but that only actually contributed four points. And if Zaha had just managed 60 minutes, no booking... You'd have won, but he didn't, so, um, or at least we'd have drawn. Um, so, uh, yeah, 9-8 to me, so that the additional five points goes to Team Johnny, and uh, as we'll unfortunately come on to, I, I needed him again this week. So. Yeah, so go on, take take us through what happened in, with our score predictions. So, yeah, there's some good ones in there, um, actually, but I think yeah, I'm going to have to give you some props this week, and you know how I hate doing that. Um, <laughs> but the one that upsets me the most is that I predicted that Newcastle would win, to save Steve Bruce's job. Um, you were originally going to go with Palace 1-1, but because I went with Newcastle, you changed it to 2-1 Palace and uh, in the moment, and that's exactly what happened. So five points to Steve based on um, me being terrible at this, which is fair enough. Uh, good. Um, unfortunately, I did pick 9-0 Man United. Um um, <laughs> um, I don't think that was the case, but I, I, might, I might have remembered it wrong, but I don't think it was. But I you did predict a Man United win, so I, I, I didn't. I went for two all, which makes me look like an outright idiot. <laughs> yeah, but I did get that wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I did pick two 0 so it was fine. But no, I, I think it was quite funny, really, because I picked up a few bonus points here and there. But I think, look, Steve, like you picked, uh, you picked three games today, exact correct results. So Leeds, uh, Everton, you got right. Burnley, Man City, you got right, and Newcastle Palace, you got right. Palace one really stings, but look, fair play, mate. You you take the week, you sneak it, um, sneak it again, um, and my five points gets me uh, two points behind you with a nineteen seventeen in your favour this week. So still work to do to catch up, but uh, another week to Steve. Well, on that note, should we should we go for our game week twenty three produ- pr- productions predictions uh, and see what we're going for? Hopefully, there'll be some more um, correct. Scores for me. Um, let's start with Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Right, Aston Villa versus Arsenal. I think I'm going to go with one all. Great, I've gone for one nil Aston Villa. Super. Uh, Burnley versus Brighton. I I'm going to go with one nil Brighton. I've gone for nil nil. We're really predicting very exciting games here, John, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> it has been pretty dire. I, 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 it's been. It has Steve, been pre- stop saying dire. Eric's going to get a complex. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I need. I need a new adjective, don't I? Um, it's been pretty shocking uh, the last couple of weeks in terms of goals, apart from obviously United's nine nil. Uh, Newcastle versus Southampton. Three nil Southampton. Okay, I'm going for two one Southampton. What, you're not going to go with Newcastle, Steve? Come on. <laughs> I should do, really. Um, but I, I just think Southampton are going to bounce back after that 9 0. They've got, they've got a lot to prove, haven't they? Um, yes, yes. I, I, well, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you saw. Um, we, there was a couple of really fun uh, press conferences this week, and we, we don't have time to talk about this, but I'm going to quickly 
I'm all over it. Firstly, Sean Dyche's uh, press conference before the game, hilarious. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go and find it. He um, he talks about how you would uh, if you uh, if you had fake flowers in your house, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't replace them every week. <laughs> there was loads flowers. of stuff, funny uh, stuff in that. It's hilarious. Yeah, he talks about Burnley playing four four two and how. Journalist last game. It's just really good. It's just just go find it. But the other one um, is that Southampton uh, manager Ralph Hasenhutl, uh basically said, "How is it different to uh, the last time that you um, that you lost nine nil?" And he basically Hasenhutl was like, oh, um, "Well, the difference is this time we're not a um, swear word beginning with S team." <laughs> so he basically said at the time they weren't very good, and now he believes they're good enough. So yeah, that's. I hope they. They should bounce back if Hassanito is correct. Um, anyway, moving on. Fulham versus West Ham. I'm going to go with a, a Fulham win here. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1 Fulham. Fair enough. I think sometimes when the West Ham look good is when they're most vulnerable to, defe- <laughs> to defeat. So uh, I'm going, but I am going for West Ham. I'm going to go 2-0 West Ham. Um, Fair enough. My, uh, the next game is uh, Manchester United versus Everton. Uh, how do you think your team's going to get on? 2-1. Uh, two, two, I think we'll win 2-1. I've gone for 3-2. And I think this is the score actually earlier in the season, wasn't it? 3-2 um, mm-hmm. when they played. But maybe that's what's uh, infiltrated my mind. But yeah, 3-2. Everton, Everton do have a habit of scoring late against us as well. So that game will uh, has, has a history of late goals. Uh, one of which I remember being in Newquay with you, Steve, when we were quite young. And I was drinking... Um, Far too much Cornish cider, and uh, <laughs> and I think I got so drunk a little bit too early on in the day because I was young and naive that um, I forgot that we lost because Cahill, uh, Tim Cahill scored. So um, <laughs> and I had to be reminded. Um, but no, that's just. It, it, but back to my point, Everton score late against Man United occasionally. So um, I think there'll be at least an Everton goal. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, sometimes you like you know an early kickoff is it's good to try and forget the forget the result of the game. I mean, the Rugby World Cup final was one of those situations <laughs> last last year oh, where damn. you know get going. Yeah, anyway, but the less said about that, the better. But you know, waking up at eight AM and going to the pub and drinking Guinness is uh, is uh, is is something quite special. Eight AM um, is also a generous time. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was maybe earlier than that, but yes. Um, Spurs versus West Brom. Spurs versus Brom. Uh, I keep thinking Spurs are going to bounce back, but they look so bad. I'm just going to... I think they'll win, but I don't think it'll be that exciting. But I claim that West Brom just isn't fast. So I'm going to say 1-0 Spurs. I've gone for exactly the same and for the same reasons. Um, Wolves versus Leicester. Uh, uh, 2-1 Leicester. Uh, I've gone for the same. <laughs> uh, Liverpool versus Man City. Uh Two all. I've gone for one one in that game. That's um, so funny. Three three of the same results anyway in in a row. Um, oh yeah, if not the the same scores. Uh, Sheffield United versus um Chelsea. I'm starting to think he's copying me because I'm doing so underscore predictions clearly. Um, so maybe um you should go first. No, it's okay. I know I'm. Terrible. I can I can go first. I can go first because I've got I've got. This is probably my most rogue choice of the weekend. Um, I've got. I've got Sheffield United to win 2-1. And just for a very quick explanation, um, it's because I don't think Tuchel has ever played against uh, marauding centre-backs before. <laughs> 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 and I think he might be undone because all the other Premier League managers saw it in action last year and worked it out. So I, I And Sheffield United looking better. So yeah, I'm going to go Sheffield United to beat Chelsea 2-1. I do not think that's going to happen. I'm going to go 2-0 <laughs> Chelsea. And I think... Uh, 
That is that is a very very uh, silly amount of faith in um, that. Although Chris Basham was looking like himself and doing a lot of marauding um, in the last game, and it was quite a bit of a joy to watch. But uh, but yeah, um, no. <laughs> No, it's funny that. that this is like I actually you know by use of marauding. Obviously, the, the technical term is overlapping, but um, you know this 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 term comes from a, a you know a, a long running joke about using Phil Jones at right back on on FIFA and uh, making him maraud as as much as possible. So and that's just to contextualise that uh, that word in this context. Um, and for the and for the FIFA fans out there. If you are ever in an opportunity to play with Phil Jones, you have to play him and try and maraud down that right wing and score. <laughs> and uh, if you and also the bigger challenge is getting a team with Marwan Fellaini in it and getting a hat trick that doesn't involve headers. It is a challenge <laughs> that is worth undertaking and, and genuinely enhances the FIFA experience. So um, yeah, there, there you go for all our FPL slash FIFA listeners out there. Challenge if you were willing to undertake it. I mean, it, hopefully there'll be some crossover because, you know, <laughs> there are quite similar worlds. It's not like we're saying, you know, um, you know, crossing into like sewing or knitting. I, like, I'm sure there's a lot of knitting slash football fans out there. Apologies if I've just offended you by saying that that's not not something you might might do as a shared hobby. So this is a, this is a probably going a little bit um, too far out of uh, football FPL sort of things. But my nana has recently gone into a, a like a shared accommodation thing with other people for the elderly, and uh, and they have and they have knitting clubs where they they have a knit and a natter, and she's uh, and she's loving it, but. Pretending she doesn't, so um, and she doesn't know this yet. But for her birthday, I've got a personalised uh, needles for her knitting um, that I've been threatening <laughs> to do for about for for a little while now, and she keeps telling me to uh, to, to sod, sod off, basically. But do, little does she know, she's got uh, jeans pinchers on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we, uh, yeah, I, I, as you, you probably see from our, our, uh, <laughs> our names of our podcast, we look for things that come out of every 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 episode that we're going to call the episode. And I've got this episode is being called Jeans Pinchers. <laughs> I, I don't even need to think about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really happy when I came up with jeans pinches on the side of a knitting needle. <laughs> oh god! I mean, uh, we've been doing. I mean, laughed quite a lot. I've laughed, you know, some episodes this, but that's the most I've laughed here. So, uh, cheers for that. Cheers, Jean. If you're listening, enjoy your pinches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got one more game still. I don't know, I've got to make my way through Leeds versus Crystal Palace. What's the score? Oh, three two leads. I'm exactly, oh, I've got, tired. I've got the same. I've got the same. <laughs> this, this is going to be the longest podcast we've ever recorded, and probably the worst because it's just us laughing about jeans pinches and predicting exactly the same thing. So, never mind. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this because I think we should just get it out of the way because, like, just in like a minute and just blow it out. I want to talk about concussion subs, just about what it means to fantasy football, yep. like very, very quickly. Um, so just in terms of like to explain it, essentially, if if a side gets a concussion now, um, they are given two, uh, two green cards, um, to play if they if they get a concussion. If if that 
if they play their green card, if someone gets a concussion, the other team gets another substitute. So if someone gets a concussion and they have to go off, they get to substitute, but the other team gets to substitute at any point during the game. You get a maximum of two per side, so effectively you can get up to seven subs per game um, from each side. Depend obviously that would involve getting, having you know four concussions in a game, two from each side, which would be unbelievably unlucky to happen. But it might do. You never know. So. On that note, what do you think about this? Do you think it's good for the game of football to begin with? Uh, definitely good for the game of football. Like the protection of players just has to be, just has to be there. We're human beings, right? And and that's just we can't just sort of let our athletes take risks that they don't need to take. And, and like things like the the Fabrice Mwamba thing a, a few years back are, are a heavy but telling example of that, right? And now we've got. Um, uh, what do we call defibrillators in stadiums all over the country to sort of avoid those sort of situations and just you know head injuries and concussions are, are, are a bad thing so it's, it's player protection it's absolutely a good idea FPL it makes me more terrified about picking Pep Guardiola players well this is a, this is the thing now do you think they're going to be used tactically yes absolutely like you're it's it's like 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 substitutions are used tactically already. So why would if you give him more, are you not going to use them additionally? Um, Isn't there going to be outcry though if the first time a player goes down pretending to have a head injury just to get just to get substituted and to waste up time when the other when another team say if they're playing Sheffield United who are having to put the kids on the bench because they haven't got a strong enough squad. It, it's because of the sensitivity around this issue and particularly at the moment when we're talking about dementia in football and like the links to heading the ball and, and all those issues um, is do you think really that someone is going to take that risk at the moment in using it in that way I think that there's definitely a chance that it gets used um, if it's the first one um, but I am um, but look, I think I think let's be honest. Like, if it, it depends on who's making the decision to play the green card, doesn't it? And if that's the manager, Premier League managers are under an extreme amount of pressure to to consistently deliver results. I mean, I don't think there's probably another job in the world that has a such a a, a, a nonchalant attitude towards just fire him and get somebody else that's better in, right? So, absolutely, like you know, unfortunately, I think that if your back's against the wall and you think there's a a chance to sort of see out a one nil that you desperately need. I can I can definitely see it happening. You know, I mean, yeah, like it's just it's just it just will, right? Especially if uh, if the players are on board with that sort of agenda. Um, so yeah, I, I see it being used tactically, but I think it's a good thing for the players. And and actually, like you know, you can see that risk being mitigated by managers and players. Where if you are in like two minutes left to go, and you have got both of your cushion subs left you know, the risk of someone getting concussion. And if they do, you just haul it off and you finish with 10 men, right? So, um, it's yeah, I, I see it being used tactically to waste time. It, it, yeah, I, mean, I, I said a why, and I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of that day because I think there'll be, like, widespread condemnation, but you obviously use every little thing that you can to stay ahead, and I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying that Mourinho will be the one to instigate it, but it's sort of his style, isn't it, to make sure that you use any part of the game to get ahead. Um, but they've I'm not sure been ahead protecting a 1-0 for a long time, Steve. 
well, they haven't. That's <laughs> very true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, and I think it's a great thing for the game. And like I say, I, I, I think when you're looking at sort of like the 66 team and the links to dementia and um, in football at the moment, and particularly when we've seen some pretty horrific injuries, you know, with like the, we look back to like Petr Cech and um, you know some of those those incidents over the years that have been pretty hard to watch as a viewer. Um, I'd rather know that those players are the 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 staff are acting in faith in the best faith um to keep that to look after that player rather than thinking about the game itself and the, like if they had the extra sub to not to think a little bit less about the game because the game can carry on without them then that's a good thing in my I opinion th- I think like, I don't want to vilify this person I'm not, and so I hope this taken the context is taken the right way because I'm a bit I'm a big fan of Mourinho but anyone that's watched that all or nothing documentary on Amazon about Tottenham there is there is a scene in it when um they are like riddled with injuries and um and I think it's Son or all Lamella actually um gets like another niggling injury that's probably going to be a two or three week thing and Mourinho generally turns around to the physio and says, "Like, look, this, he he can't be injured. Like, he's so desperate for that player not to be injured that he's basically just subtly telling the guy, make sure he's not. And that's in the interest of Tottenham winning games rather than the player becoming ultimately healthy. Now, I don't think that genuinely Mourinho would risk someone's health to win a football game. I don't. But it is an example of football managers just just needing their players and doing everything they can to win football games in a situation where health is a considered factor. I, I agree and I think there's a, there's a longer there's a bigger debate here isn't it like this is we're talking about like people people's lives after their careers aren't we really because obviously some of some of these issues come prevalent um, later on in life and I think if we're looking at footballers who drive themselves to the ground and you know get off like in a, in a general health sense of like getting arthritis in their knees or you know um sort like you know suffering just generally with a lot of pain in, in in various different areas like the head is obviously the most important part because you want these people to have full functionality afterwards but there's a, there is a wider debate here about like the abuse of um, of, play, of players' bodies from right from the start, and I think we've seen. Um, there was a story to say about a youth player at Fulham who um, was was basically saying they were like physically uh, physically abused by being overworked as a teenager and told not to do their GCSEs because it, that was the only way that they could make a career work for them. There's a lot. There's a wider discussion about the treatment generally of footballers in the context of of um, of like the modern society and how they're looked after. Absolutely. Um, and and I think yeah, like I say, it's, it's going to be it's probably not going to have a huge influence on um, fantasy football right now, but we'll and we will see the impact of that. But yeah, um, but in terms of football itself, like I'm just sort of glad that there's some sort of like duty of care happening finally after so yeah, many years. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I could could agree more. And do you know what? Look, from an FPL perspective, if it does cause chaos and it puts selection things in 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 bigger doubt. Look, what, 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 I want more variables. Like that makes this game more interesting. Like you know, the fact that so much more can can go against you is like the highs and lows element of this game. Actually, uh, one of the things that make it great. So, you know, look, look. Um, you might not love it at times when it happens to you, but it, it, it's uh, it's gonna it could make it more interesting, right? And in, and in fairness, it's never going to be as tough as it's been this season. I mean, we've just been thrown two multiple game weeks at kind of out of nowhere. Like we yep. we, we look into this stuff, so we, we know we know it's coming. But for a, the average player, they're probably looking and going, "Oh my god!" Like we've suddenly got three more fixtures to, to cope oh, with. So. Get over yourself, the average player. <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I am a very average player, but you know, the average player doesn't run a run a fantasy Premier League podcast <laughs> because yeah. they're they're not they're not that stupid. Anyway, on that note, um, let's wrap up. I think um, sound. It's, this has been. This is. I've, I've enjoyed this though. This has been good, and I think we've got. Um, you know, we've got FA Cup next week, so we'll we'll kind of be back middle of next week to to talk maybe if, about a few more um, kind of interesting topics around fantasy football that are not quite as just you know which players were picking, which players were not, which will be nice. Some maybe some historical stories as well to throw in there. Good stuff. Well, anyway, on that note, I've been Steve. I've been Johnny. And this has been the 115 Fouls FPL Podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.